sitting back, relaxing, and talking sports with the guys. Hey, we're just men doing manly things. Light up a cigar and have a brew with the starting lineups, Tyler Ivins and Eric Kay. For the next 60 minutes, it's the Gentleman's Hour podcast on The Sports Animal. Well, happy game week, everybody. Congratulations on making it through the off season, the winter months, spring, summer, fall camp, and look at it, Tyler Robbins. Three days away, Georgia State kicks off the season inside Neyland Stadium, 3.30. Man, it's, it's that time of the year again, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, um, gosh, I remember when Georgia State moved from the Georgia Dome to start playing at Old Turner Field, and I thought, man, who the hell is ever going to book Georgia State? It's so funny you say Old Turner Field, too, because it's like 23 years old. But I know I know what you're saying. Don't even get me started on how they went about getting the new stadium there and just how they were locking doors so people couldn't oppose it. And just, look, I understand the Atlanta Braves are, you know, America's team in baseball if it's not for the bandwagon Damn right. Yankee fans. But I, I'm just going to say, look, how they did things to get a new stadium, it was pretty dirty. It was pretty grimy. Like, they had to throw that stadium together just to get the Olympics there in 96 so they can meet the requirements of the IOC, and then they turn around 20-something years later and like, well, we needed this brand-new ballpark. It's like, and then you lock people out who can't oppose it with the county, and the county didn't want to pay for it. Braves are just a bunch of grimy, grimy, dirty people. Hey, first place, though. Am I right? I mean, what else? First Coach? place with with Ortega and Wright and Billy Hamilton in center and Cervelli behind the plate. I mean, golly, it's like... Last chance you, but Major League Baseball format. Whatevs, cuz. They're doing well. Hey, we're going to talk football today, though. Let's do it. All right. At Sports Radio, WNML, at underscore Kaner, at Tyler Robbins. Gentlemen's Hour Podcast. We're at it here. Nuts. On location today. We actually stayed inside the studio here. We uh, our, our good pal, John Stansel, at John underscore Stansel on Twitter. He was out being uh, Mr. Popular today, so we decided just to stay in here and get this done. Well, but why would you lie to our listeners? I didn't want to go out in the humidity. So you put me in the second studio where apparently it's currently 63 degrees in here. Dude, you can hang meat in there, man. Dude. Uh, like you know, It's funny. I'm like a dog. Before I got my office. I can see my breath. Before I got my office, I was like a stray dog in this building. So like I would spend time at different locations doing sure. my work. And I spent a lot of time in here. Sure. Dude, that back room. I don't, I don't understand why it's so cold, but it's freezing. But you're right. It's you back there. It's not me. Enjoy it now. Um. So Tennessee. A lot of news is coming out. Let's go ahead and hit it from the top. Number one, we're going to talk about a lot of topics today. We're going to preview Georgia State. We're going to, again, lay out our predictions a little bit before we get out of here. It's going to be a, a little quicker one. It's going to be the Gentleman's Hour 30 to 45-minute podcast today, and that's okay. We're busy, man. It's busy season. Yes. Um, but number one, let's go ahead and hit it. Aubrey Solomon, eligible for the Volunteers. Your thoughts? Uh, 23rd hour, but you know what? Better late than never. Um, about a week and a half ago, I was on the air in the mornings on the starting lineup saying it was time for Tennessee fans to, to punt on Aubrey Solomon to move on. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that you know usually the writing's on the wall, and the NCAA certainly took their sweet time. They went from making quarterbacks and big-name players leaving other universities and programs, transferring to other universities and programs, immediately eligible And then when you kind of look at the details on how the NCAA handled handled the Aubrey Solomon situation, you all but ask yourself, how did it get to where it was? Why did it take so long? Why this? Why that? But look, at the end of the day, all Tennessee fans care about is that that defensive line is not going to be as depleted as it could have been. I mean, you're replacing three starters. You're replacing four seniors. 
there are a lot of people who you question. Lose Emmett Gooden. Uh, that's you. Know, there's a lot of people who question whether or not Emmett Gooden could have been an answer. He tears his ACL now, probably a week removed from successful surgery. So getting Aubrey Solomon on there and some combination of Matthew, Matthew Butler and whoever they're going to throw out on the defensive line, we'll we'll wait to see what that looks like come Georgia State on Saturday. That's a little bit of relative good news that Tennessee fans have been waiting for. Uh, and I will say that, you know, every program deserves a little bit of happiness, and, and we'll just see what Aubrey Solomon brings to the table. I mean, this is a guy who was highly touted by Michigan, other Michigan teammates of his who have tried to leave Ann Arbor and transfer into other programs have not been as successful as Aubrey Solomon has. Yeah, that's why I was initially. That's why I was initially Solomon in the boat of, of the six. Solomon is the second. Yeah, to I mean, be granted. Uh, I didn't think his odds were were very good just based on how some of the other Wolverines had fared. So this is good. I'm glad to see that Tennessee fans have a little something to hold on to, positivity wise, and then perhaps the defensive line isn't going to be as. Uh, depleted as i've already mentioned as once thought yeah and you said it right there it doesn't matter how it got done in the eyes of tennessee fans you're saying hell yeah go vols he's here 98 literally he's he's number 98 um but as far as i'm intrigued i want to know what the case is i just read uh david ubbin of the athletic he just put out a piece interviewed his mother that being aubrey solomon uh aubrey solomon's mother and it really didn't go into the detail it didn't there's no basis on what the appeal was for and and why he might have gotten Re, uh, I said reinstated, but cleared to play. I want to know why. I want to know what the case is because he's still six and a half hours away from home. And so, yeah, he was moving closer to home. Don't get me wrong, but and now his mother even lives in Jacksonville, Florida. So I'm really curious to see what it is. But it doesn't. No bones about it. Aubrey Solomon is a starter for Tennessee on that defensive line. He can play all three. He can play in the interior. He can play on the exterior. He can get a pass rush from within. He's very quick. He's a very talented player in terms of what I've seen so far in camp. Made some plays as a freshman at, at uh, Michigan. He was a he was a two three stringer. Rotated in at eighteen tackles, two TFLs. Playing time dipped a little his sophomore year. He was hurt his sophomore year. It's when he decided to leave the program. So you know what, what player are we going to get? I, I got to say though, it's got to be it's got to be better than what. T- it's got to be as good, if not better, than what Tennessee has now, sure. just because you don't know the inexperience. The names. When I'm sitting here having to say, you know, it could be, it might be. Yeah. I mean, and that's not just because Jeremy Pruitt doesn't like to pull back the curtain on his lineup before game one. Now you know two guaranteed starters. Play, they're all going to play, but two guarantees. Aubrey Solomon, Greg Emerson. Right. All, uh, Solomon will be at a DT spot, Emerson at the nose tackle, and then could it be Darrell Middleton? Could it be Matthew Butler? Could it be John Mincy? Could yeah. it be Savion Williams? You know, you don't know about that third one now. Uh, but – the fact that there is so many questions still up in the air. And and look, it's good that Tennessee is kind of going through what I would like to call the... Look, I'm trying to find a gentle way of not completely just undermining Georgia State, but it's going to be difficult. It's it's the first game of the year outside going, of these kickoff classics. I mean, it is what it is, man. The Panthers are getting paid to get their ass kicked. Yes. Okay, so just call it what it is. It is what it is. You need... It's, it's, a game like this is what Tennessee needs. So, look, this is a good time to figure out, is DeAndre Johnson ready to make that next step? Who's going to step in for Daniel Batuli? Is it somebody like a Shannon Reed? Is it a Will Ignat? Some of these other guys that can come up. Can J.J. Peterson, Quavaris Crouch, can any of these guys give you anything? And, and more importantly, defensively, in my opinion, the secondary, and we're going to get more into Bryce Thompson coming up, but who's going to be the person who's going to, in my opinion, fill the spot of Bryce Thompson for the entire season? I, I don't think you're going to see Thompson on the, on the football field at any time this year. Uh, there's way more important things in that man's life and way more important things the University of Tennessee football program needs to be doing to help Bryce Thompson. But 
look, Derek Ansley, he left the NFL for play calling rights in the SEC, and uh, yeah, he's got a lot of wild cards he's been dealt. All right, so I said there was two big stories we're going to head on today. Of course, we'll get into a little bit more positional breakdown, just kind of a tune-up, crossing the T's, dotting the I's, heading into Georgia State. We've we've been talking on this podcast and on a radio show, and uh, you know, for months and months and months, it's it's finally here. Yeah, Aubrey Solomon's cleared and eligible. That's a good thing for the University of Tennessee. You brought him up right there, Bryce Thompson. Yeah. Unfortunate situation. Uh, what happened? Police reports late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, was arrested, released on three thousand dollars bond. Um, you know, domestic uh, violence with with a uh, with his girlfriend who he had a relationship with. The police report that reporters are citing from a police report, literally from a police report, was that you know an argument threatened to hit her, threatened to shoot up the entire school. It's very scary. In the last 24 hours, yeah. the new Sentinels come out. They've obtained documents from uh, Thompson prior to being at Tennessee, having a restraining order with another girl. This is in the city of Columbia, South Carolina. Threatening to kill her, kill yeah. himself. Kill her. And so there's a pattern here. And by the way, did you know about that? Because I did. I knew about that. I've known about that for a year. I thought it was common knowledge. But apparently it wasn't. Did you know, did you know about that? So when he first committed to Tennessee after the signing period two years ago, I said to myself, okay, what more do I need to know about yeah, Thompson? It was, it was in May, and he was a four-star, right. and it was a huge get. Why in May? Right, yeah. so I dug it up because I wanted to know what, why is it, A, he didn't, because he initially was committed to Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. and then it was South Carolina, and then mm-hmm. Tennessee came third. Eventually, whenever you see there are many names involved, why is it that he, when you fall down the tree, why do you hit so many branches on the way down? So you look back to see why the initial fall Virginia Tech, maybe it just didn't fit. And then that's when you kind of came across the smear that was South Carolina, which was the restraining order. He's from Columbia, not going to South Carolina. They tried to make pass it off as his high school coach's grades. Did I know there was a restraining order? Yes. Did I know the details of the restraining order? And that's the thing right there. I've known this since Thompson stepped foot on campus, that the reason he fell into Tennessee's lap is because uh, he had a restraining order against him with a girl that either is from the Columbia area or going to South Carolina. I knew that there was an incident there. The Knoxville News Sentinel obtained what was on that restraining order and the stuff that was going into why that was a thing. And, man, it's it's very unfortunate. So let me just start out by this, and I know you echo these these thoughts what I'm about to say. First and foremost, thoughts and prayers to everybody. But Bryce Thompson, as, as a 19-year-old about to turn 20, yeah. like, I want him to get help for him because I think he could be dead. He could hurt someone else. If he continues down this path, there's a pattern now. And so I want him to get help because I don't think that he might be as stable as he needs to be. Um, I don't even care about football right now. need him to get help so that this doesn't continue to be a pattern throughout his life until something does happen. I say this often because I'm a firm believer of it, and that is that the best predictor of the future is the past. Yeah. And what has the past shown us so far about Bryce Thompson? It has shown us... He's mentally unstable and he has anger issues. One light, that he is a great football player. But when you turn the subject to be away from the football field, he also has some issues in between the ears. And if he's saying things like, shoot up the school, I will kill you, I will kill myself, I will kill anybody involved like your new boyfriend. And here's the thing. We all say things we don't mean sometimes when we are mad and when we are pissed off. But number one, you say one of those things, it's awful. He keeps saying it and saying yeah. it and saying it. And, and, there are and red flags. Year, There's I mean, patterns. And so, and you know, I, and I, 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 I feel like I, I don't have my life put all together. I'm not perfect. No, no one is. But right. I, I just want for him to get the health he needs because it, by seeing this pattern, I really feel like he's not stable out there. And it's unfortunate because 
You never want that to happen to anybody. You just want him to live a normal life and, you know, football aside. So it's, it's, it's really, and there's a lot of questions here. Yeah. Quite a few. I, I want to know. I mean, I, I'm going to I'm going to Pruitt's press conference today at five o'clock, and I mean, I know Blake Topmeyer is getting shit on right now because he literally took the last sentence that was in Jeremy's statement Monday and relayed it back to him. Said, "Do you think Bryce Thompson's a threat to your team or a, a safety concern?" Literally the last sentence, and people are shitting on on Blake, and it's, it's really making me mad because you know media has their own narrative. No, no, it's it's called doing your damn job. But I, I have, I mean, number one. Tennessee and Jeremy Pruitt had to have known about this. But number two, what what did you do? What did you do when – it's fine taking a chance on a kid, giving him a second chance, but did you offer any resources? Meaning, you know, was he in counseling? Did you have checkups with him every single week? I want to know what was your role when you brought Bryce Thompson here to Tennessee because you don't slip through VT. You don't slip through South Carolina. There's no way Jeremy Pruitt did not know about the restraining order. And again, if you knew, that's fine. For me, that's fine. But what did you do when he was on campus? Uh, back to your original point about getting help. Um, I have friends that are battling mental illness. They do it daily. They go through a lot of treatment to assure that they can continue to live a, a healthy life day in and day out. Uh, I know some of the things that set them off, their tics, and some of the things that help you know help ease the pain. But I also know certain situations that they get put in that maybe escalate and maybe progress some of those issues that they have difficulties kind of channeling and controlling, better said. Um, I'm not trying to say that my friends, the the two that I know that battle mental health issues, that their situations are identical to what Bryce Thompson is going through. I think they're similar. And I think that the University of Tennessee has probably dealt with football players before who have had mental issues. Mm -hmm. And I think right now Tennessee probably knows what they're doing and that they're going to handle this to the best of their ability. And they're going to do whatever it takes to try to help Bryce Thompson. Yeah. Because I think Bryce Thompson still has a future here at the University of Tennessee. As long as somebody is willing to wrap their arms around them and say, hey, we're going to get through this together. Now, it may not be with you wearing an orange or white jersey for the next 12, 15 months, but we want to make sure not only that you stay healthy mentally, but we also want to make sure that you don't cause harm to anybody around you, but more importantly, to yourself. And that means harm mentally, getting put behind bars, physically hurting somebody like yourself or someone, loved ones, teammates close to you. There's a pattern here, and Tennessee picked up on it. And I just hope that the university can help Bryce Thompson better himself because I remember watching my friends go through some of those times with separate people and had to be I don't want to say sent away, but they were had to leave the city because they had to be somewhere where they could be with somebody who could help them. And, and sometimes the best medicine is getting help outside of some of your comfort zone. Yeah. That, so uh, I know I'm kind of tiptoeing around it. I don't want to add too many specifics for many reasons, but Bryce Thompson is a, a man right now who's 19 years of age and sometime might need to just be sat down and better understand of who Bryce Thompson is besides some of the lights and cameras that come with being SEC student-athlete Bryce Thompson. Yeah, and, and a heck of a football player, too. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I carbon copy everything you say, but let me go Let me go backtrack. I, I'm not – my comments earlier, I'm not trying to put blame on Jeremy Pruitt by any means. I don't think you are. And um, But I do believe firmly, just from everything we know right now, and you know, we, we might learn more, I do believe that Tennessee had to have known about the restraining order I'm when sure they signed him. 
So I'm just curious, you know, what what did you do for Bryce when he was here? Because um, I have no problem taking a second chance on somebody. Everyone deserves second chances, and um, every you know, and plus you know, getting him, you know, out of his home life, putting him in a program and structure, and that's that can be great for a kid. Yeah. I just want to know, was there anything in place? Was there a plan for Bryce Thompson? Um, that hopefully didn't get him to where he is today. But anyway, yeah, you you just hope that uh, Thompson could take those steps. You know, football. Who cares about that right now? You got to care about the person and and all those involved. But I don't want to sound. No, I don't want to sound. You know, in any way, shape, or form, heartless. And I don't want to make it seem like that Tennessee didn't do their due diligence here. But I mean, Jeremy Pruitt in that program, they've got eighty four other kids they have to worry about. Yeah, I mean, they've got walk ons they've got to worry about. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's so many people out there that they have to pay attention to. And I understand Jeremy Pruitt's the first person held responsible because he's the head coach of a football program. But look, you, you got to keep an eye on 84 different people and try to keep their nose clean and they're going to stay out of trouble. And this is very serious right now. So Jeremy Pruitt, he immediately is going to be put under the magnifying glass of how does he handle this? I mean, look at what he did with Kenneth, uh, Kenneth George during an incident on spring break. There have been people that he's dismissed from the program players that he's had to put on indefinite suspension he's handled this the right way so far i think so far every incident including bryce thompson he has handled it now the question is now how are they going to handle things and i would immediately say to any fan of tennessee or or listener of this podcast or a station who immediately jumped to conclusions and said well who cares about this this is a football statement let's get them on the football field or anybody out there check your priorities no it just Come on. Take a step back. Like, just yeah. just take an extra beat. All right? Just there are bigger things in life than football, and it's about making sure that all parties are okay and safe moving forward. This is a very serious situation. Maybe you've never had an incident strike close to you personally, yourself, or a family member, or a loved one, or a friend. But to those who have, they totally understand how serious this situation is. And right now, I believe the University of Tennessee is handling it, handling it to the best of their abilities, let them get through a September 3rd court date. That's six days from now, so next Tuesday, and then see what you can do to get him the help that he needs. Yeah, I, um, I'm i a little short-tempered sometimes, and that's something that I've worked on, um, just not getting so, you know, being patient, stuff like that. But uh, I something that I really have a short fuse for is, and it, it's my own fault. I mean, I'm, we, I mean, big social media guys, big Twitter guys, sure. you know, love it. sure. But, you know, some of these people that are just ramsacking, like Topmeyer, just saying those comments like, it, this doesn't matter, get him on the field, uh, you weren't there, you don't know all this stuff. I mean, I really just want those small percentage of people just to, like, picture, if you have a child, like, picture that da- that being your daughter, that being your son, they're in trouble. Like, there are more, as you said, there are more important things in life. I mean, football is well down there. And so, I mean, this is one of those things. So, like, this is not like, remove football from this situation. It has nothing to do with it right now. And like, that's what's frustrating for me. Like, I don't get mad at what they say. I get mad like because I think they're so blinded by you know, fan is short for fanatic. I think they're so blinded by that, and and that's not that's not healthy. You know, it's unfortunate because I feel like there small are, percentage. There are oh yeah, they're definitely the minority, yeah. and every fan base has them. Yeah, but oh, I, yeah. Th- I think that there is many incidents throughout the year with many different programs at a university where that's that title of fan gets really put to the test and what they're willing to kind of shy away from and what they're willing to ignore and what they're willing to highlight and perhaps become embarrassed for wearing colors or wearing logos or actually having feedback. I'll double down on you. My fan out there that I have problems conversing with, 
I have problems. I kind of have to look the other way. And, and it's funny because you said you had anger problems or you have issues with some of the people, the way that they, you know, they address things. Mm-hmm. You do this long enough. You kind of just, you kind of just ignore those people and you kind of overlook them and go on to the next one, oh, on to the dude. next one. Dude, but in the, in the two years, it's incredible. None of that stuff gets to me. But, but let me tell you, let me tell you. The person that is worse than the man you just laid out or the woman that you just laid out are the fans that ignore their own warts, but they are the first to criticize other programs mm-hmm. for the same issues that they're dealing with in their city oh, you seen on it? their campus. Florida fans comment and then Tennessee fans go back and saying, oh, every talk about program. the culture. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it is what it, it is. Yeah, you're exactly right. Th- that is that is kind of the monster that is social media today. And yeah. it's... And it's <laughs> Oh, it's weird I say social media because you should it should be social networking, but it, it, it is what it is. You put up your, your parody accounts, you put up your hidden photos or whatever yeah. it takes for you to pound out, you know, it's not 140 characters anymore, have 280. 280, yeah. yeah and, and you feel like, you know, your post means something. I mean, that's, you know, that's 2019. I mean, I, I love, I, I, is, I, I love Twitter. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I have a, it's weird. I have a passion for Twitter. I'm on it all the time. I think it's an amazing platform. Um, and again, you're exactly right. Like when you're in this industry, you have to just not be phased by that. And I, I, when I first got into it, like that first football season, man, I would read stuff. People would comment on our station's account. I'd be like, oh, screw you, man. And I'm like, no, like that, like I would take that to harm. And like over the course of the last two, two and a half years, I have just I I'm oblivious to that. But when it's a case like this, and I see someone attacking a fellow, I mean, it's nobody here. But when I see someone attacking a fellow media member for just doing their job, I mean, I have a, I have a problem with that. You, I, I don't like that. You, this, you know, and I'll tell you what I'll tell you what it, I'll tell if it hasn't clicked yet, which I believe it has. But if you really want it to be just like I totally get it, and you just want to like, I guess you'll finally put it to rest. Wait until the first time you see somebody. Tweet something. You know who that person is, or you later find out who that person is, and you put two and two together. Nine times out of ten, they put a logo up, or it's not a photo of them; it's a generic photo, or it's some what they consider a creative photo. And then you find out who that person is, and then you start talking to them in public. I'm not going to go into details, but it, I'm glad it happened to me as early as I did in my career. Yeah, I was in Iowa. A guy wrote me a hateful email. And it included the death of my stepmother because she had breast cancer. I didn't know you saw him in public. And after she, that. oh, 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 oh. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of it because you, it's just you too told long me about the story. email before, yeah, yeah. And, that, and, I, and it's funny too because when those emails happen and those comments happen, those are some of the best things that can happen to you because you get angry, you let it run its course, you let it just simmer, and then you move on. Yeah. And once you've got that initial blow out of the way, it's kind of like. Teflon. It's like prepared you for the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what anybody says to you, no matter what they tweet, no matter what they email, what they text, whatever, whatever format you have, yeah. it just goes in one ear out the other. I later met that guy because he made a comment on a page on his real Facebook account. We got him by name back in Iowa. We knew where he lived. He was a frequent uh, listener. So that means he would call in and qualify for contests. Yeah. So we got his name. We knew his address. We knew who he was. And I had the opportunity to meet him at a giveaway. And the first time I saw him, I made it a point to stand out and go, oh, yeah, it's crazy, man. I'm sorry to hear that you're going through a situation with breast cancer. Here's a photo of my stepmom. Maybe you haven't heard about the situation. And I saw the look on his face, and he knew that I knew, and I never saw the guy again. But that satisfactory moment, and I'll get off my soapbox after that. No. You just kind of have to go through that period of time. 
sometimes people forget that you're human too. Just like when they tweet the things they tweet and they say the things they say, they forget about some of the things that are like common courtesy and manners. Everybody lives in this world now where they feel like they're protected behind their computer screen or they're protected behind their keyboard. Mm -hmm. But I think you and I both know when push came to shove and if that was an incident that occurred where perhaps maybe something more would have to occur, I think we both know how that how that situation would kind of come and go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But so I'm sorry that there are some fans, different fan bases out there who are looking at a situation like Bryce Thompson or yeah. other similar situations that occur like Bryce Thompson, and then they like to um, pot call the kettle black. Just check it, man. There are more important things in life. So you know, obviously monitoring the Bryce Thompson situation. You mentioned his court date will be September the third. Yeah, a couple of days away from now, and um, you know. I'm, Jeremy Pruitt will address it tonight, or he will uh, deflect it until maybe after afterwards. Um, we'll have to see, but looking forward to that. As far as, you know, real quick, we got about now yeah, we'll, we'll call it fifteen more minutes here on an abbreviated GH. Um, depth at cornerback now is an issue. Okay, the secondary depth you fell in love with because of the safety depth. Cornerback you felt good because you had Bryce and Alante. Then you had the emergence of Warren Burrell. Bryce is out of the equation now. That being Bryce Thompson, you have Alante Taylor and Warren Burrell. Now the depth behind those two is pretty slim. Sean Schamberger can play corner, but he's going to play star a lot of the times. Can another one of these safeties, can McCullough, can Tyus Fields, can Theo Jackson, can any of these guys step up and be more of a star player? That way Schamberger can spell corners. You have Kenneth George, who we already mentioned was kicked off the team in the spring, now back. You have a Solon Page. you you got a lot of guys that aren't proven at all. Depth at cornerback now a big issue for Tennessee. You know, I actually side with you here with a lot of your comments because you're on the beat, you're at the hill daily watching practice and and meeting with players and coaches. The secondary, which I thought at one point in time was a strength, but this is before recently in reverse order, Bryce Thompson, Balaam Buchanan now dealing with a spine injury. And some, I mean, man, I mean, at one point in time you thought, hey, there's a lot of strengths here. And now it's, oh boy, same old Tennessee, news breaking before the season, and some of the issues are falling on the defensive side of the football. Knees that are not 100% shy Tuttle last year. Knees this year, as we already mentioned with Emmett Gooden. Now some of those other issues. Again, I go back to what I said the first 60 seconds when we started this podcast. Wild card, wild card, wild card. Welcome to the SEC, Derek Insley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, some things to uh, to monitor there. I mean, who are some of those guys in your opinion? Because, I mean, if, if Bryce Thompson's done, then you've got to immediately ask yourself, all right, Warren Burrell, you've already surpassed people like Theo Jackson and Trayvon Flowers, and, and who's going to be the star position? So now there's two major questions in the secondary and the back half of that defense, not just the Bryce Thompson. We've been discussing it for the past two podcasts, who eventually is going to play that star. Yeah, so right now it's Sh- Sean Schamberger. Okay. Uh, right now the safeties, Nigel Warrior, Trayvon Flowers and Sean Schamberger. That's the kind of the rotation right now. Like the offensive line, they're all cross-training. Nigel Warrior can play the star. Um, that way you can have Trayvon Flowers, maybe a Theo Jackson. Yep. Um, maybe uh, a Jalen McCullough's played the star a little bit. Maybe slide him back. So you can mix and match, and that's fine. But right now, it, it's Sean Schamberger uh, if you had a first string out there. And he's, he's looked pretty good. I mean, he's earned it. He's a, he's a guy that's been around a while. I know you like to reference his freshman year a lot. He got the start at, uh, t- in Tuscaloosa um, when he was – a freshman, he kept yeah. Calvin Ridley in check. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and good for him. But right now, that's kind of where it is. But there needs to be guys. I keep referencing cornerback. You know, Kenneth George needs to step up and, and, and be a guy Tennessee can That'd count be nice, on. Especially after kind of what he did in the spring. It's not only kind of earning your spot, but kind of the whole 
gosh, I really hate to say Phoenix rising from the ashes because it's not what fighting a cop, <laughs> fighting a cop on spring break isn't really one of those comeback stories. But it's just kind of like one of Kenneth, those. Kenneth, we've all been there, buddy. Yeah, yeah we've. We, we've all looked at a beach cop and go, that's enough over there, Kermit, sipping your tea. I'm just, I'm just simply saying this would be a nice to like, hey, you were once in my doghouse. Now you get yeah. an opportunity to emerge. There's a chance. Grab the brass ring and run with it. Gerard Means came in as a receiver. Jeremy Pruitt referenced him on Monday, said he would still like to be a receiver. He came here to be a receiver. He wants to be a receiver. He'll get yeah. that chance. But right now, we need you over here. Six foot two, two fifteen, great size. Uh, he's been a little banged up, missed some time in fall camp, but if he can adapt, and earlier on in camp when he was switched over, he was really just trying to play. He was playing catch-up. I mean, yeah, his eyes were huge, and, yeah. and, that, and that's 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 normal. Can he get caught up to speed? Because that guy, his size, you love his size there at cornerback. Can he be a guy Tennessee count on? So when I'm looking for Georgia State, BYU is going to be a challenge, yep. but, you know, UTC is, you know, can there be some depth presented there, as well as finding guys on the offensive line? But, um... You know, we talk about the offensive line so much, but, you know, really quick, I, we got to ask, you know, Trey Smith, I thought I thought he'd never play again. I really didn't. I um, still don't think he'll ever play again. Okay. I understand that Jeremy Pruitt came out and left that door open. You know, there essentially was that tantalizing quote of Aubrey Sullivan and Trey Smith are day-to-day. We're putting them in position as if they'll play. Yeah, Solomon for the transfer. Mm-hmm. Trey Smith with if the medical team clears him, I'll believe it when I see it. I gotta say, I, I, I was once in camp that he would never play again, and quite frankly, I mean you have that condition. Uh, Andrews, I forgot his first name, with the Patriots center. Yeah. Um he's probably done for the year the same same thing. There is uh Russell O'King um with the Seattle Seahawks, same condition. Um so there are some there's more and more people being affected by this and it's it's truly it's it's not a good situation. I'll say this. Jeremy Pruitt all along said medical team working to formulate a plan. Give him a chance. Formulate a plan. Trey Smith has been out there. He's been in full pads. He's not done contact, but he's done everything else. Um, I had I spoke to some people over the summer to where they were firmly in the camp of Trey Smith's plan. Trey Smith's going to play. I've talked to some other people that said, no, there's no way. Um, but the more and more it gets towards football season, those people are saying, yes, he's going to be on new medication there's a plan to where he will have medication go off go back on all that stuff you know so i i don't know i i i truly don't know i'm not a doctor and i'm not that far in my career to be an investigative journalist but i I have heard from some people that are 100 percent saying yes he will be playing against georgia state watch i would i i i I do not play the game of investigative journalist We're, we're, we're entertainers radio oh yeah you kidding me <laughs> uh every day i wake up i try to make the show epic epic i try to entertain persuade inform and connect there you go nowhere in there said investigate that i <laughs> is for inform not investigate i'm never one to bet against somebody's health i'm never one to bet on somebody's health yeah this is a very serious situation especially after the smith family has lost somebody close to trey's life absolutely similar yes so not only is it scary because you're putting your life on the line and one incident could happen and then snap of a finger you don't know when your card's going to get pulled but that's always got to be in the back of your mind so as we talked about many times on the program i don't even my opinion until i see trey smith then you breaking the huddle staring across the defensive end going i'm about to make your day a living nightmare I'm not even going to comment. It's crazy to even think, though, because if he wasn't going to – and, I mean, I think they truly are, um, you know, trying to get him on the field and everything. I just, sure. I, I, don't, I don't know why – I don't know why Jeremy Pruitt would say game-time decision. You know, that's um, – I think it's a little bit of 
stop talking about it because I'll let you know when he's there. And it's also letting the other team know, you know, all this talk about Wanya Morris, there's a good chance Trey Smith is still playing that position. And right there, what you said. It's gamesmanship. Yeah. You right never there. know who's going to play. Mm-hmm. You know, you just it's just like this guy's not – look, it's college football. It's, it's got to go back to the depth chart on the game notes. I mean, or, Jim Harbaugh. Or, or. It's the ors or Jim Harbaugh doesn't even put real names on there. You're, I don't know if Johnny Jackhammer's playing left guard Which, today let for me the t- Wolves. Let me tell you right now, that that's Bush. That is that is such Bush The league. fact that we brought it up, Jim Harbaugh wins. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, That's yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. So good good for him because Clicks, guys, talks, guys like chats. me, I mentioned my temper earlier. Like that, that makes me so mad. That makes me so Jim mad. Jim Harbaugh standing on the other side of the football field while you dump every co- copy of the game <laughs> notes in a barrel and light it on fire. And Jim Harbaugh's like, yes. cool. You want some of my khakis? <laughs> and he gets you every time, man. Football season's here, man. At Tyler Robbins, at underscore Kaner. Tyler, Kaner, Gentleman's Hour podcast. No John Stansel today. We'll welcome him back next week. Um, it's finally here. Again, we've talked about it briefly. Let's just yep. run through it real quick. Give me your, uh, give me your uh, record prediction for Tennessee. Give me your SEC champion and your top four in the college football playoffs. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go reverse order here because I think that I, I'm I'm ready to lock in my Tennessee prediction, but I keep – I'm sitting on this bridge of uh, I'm, one winner or the I'm, other. I'm locked in. I'm ready to roll. Okay. Uh, reverse order. Okay. Let's go Let's go together. Uh, okay. Your college football playoff is going to be Clemson's your number one team. They go undefeated in the regular season. Your number two team is Alabama. They go undefeated in the regular season, which I guess it's so That makes Bama your SEC champion. Yes. Um, your number three, we just brought up Harbaugh. I don't know why I'm riding Big Blue this year, uh, but Big Blue, uh, why I'm uh, the, the maize and blue, uh, but I'm going Michigan as three undefeated in the regular season. And then I think you have to pick whoever the best runner-up is from their conference championship game. I believe Georgia goes undefeated this year. They get the four spot, which then leads to a Clemson-Georgia showdown, Michigan-Alabama. You have number five, that fifth time, Clemson takes on Alabama. That's how college football plays out. Who's your number five? First team out? Mm -hmm. It's a really good question. I'm going to say the first team out. It's going to be Oklahoma because they finished with one loss. And that loss was to Texas, but they are the Big 12 champions. So the question immediately is, do you put a one-loss Big 12 champion Oklahoma in, or do you put a one-loss Georgia non-SEC champion? And I think enough people are going to want to put Georgia in because they're a better football team. Which sounds crazy because people are going to be like, how can you put Georgia in? They didn't even win their conference championship. But this goes back to, has it been three years now, four years now, where Penn State finished with one loss? won the Big Ten championship, but Ohio State mm-hmm. still got in over them. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's similar to what we saw with the Penn State where that year the Nittany Lions had a gripe. I will go Alabama 1, my SEC champion. I'm sorry, Clemson 1, Alabama 2, my ACC SEC champion. I will go Oklahoma 3, and I will go Georgia 4. Georgia loses to Alabama, yeah. gets in. My fifth team would be the Big Ten champion, which I believe will – be Ohio State, um, and so that's that's my four. I like Shea Patterson yeah. a lot. I think Shea Patterson's another year removed from his ACL injury, and if Michigan has any success, it's because of Shea Patterson. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish success for Michigan. I, I'm a defensive guy. They had, they had a, the best defense in the nation last year until yeah. they got rammed by Florida. So, I mean, I root for stuff like that. Um, I just I'm kind of I'm kind of in that that camp to where kind of like you with uh, with Trey. 
Like uh, until I see until I see Michigan, you can win ten games every year, beat w- win a big one, yeah. and, and then I'll believe in you. So hey, maybe this is the year. Perfect storm. You got you right. got your senior quarterback Shea Patterson. You got a good team coming back. So we'll have to see. Tennessee, let's go game by game. Georgia State win. Yep. BYU win. Win. Uh, UTC win. Win. Florida at Florida loss. Loss. At um or Georgia loss. Loss. Um, Mississippi State. I'm gonna have that as a win. <clears throat> loss. So you have them losing four in a row. That's fine. Yeah, Alabama loss next week. Loss. Loss. Okay. South Carolina loss. Win. Okay. That's where we flip. Um, we go down next. It's uh, is it Missouri next? After South no, Carolina. No, UAB. That's UAB. UAB win. Win. Missouri, loss. Loss. Kentucky win. Win. Vanderbilt win. Win. Seven to five. Seven we to just, five. Okay. Yep. Um. Yeah. I, we both bowl game. Seven and five SEC. Would that be a? You can't get in the outback bowl without eight wins, right? I, I don't know if there's get, a get, win. I don't know if there's a win minimum, but I believe somebody will go to the outback bowl before Tennessee. Yeah, uh, Gator Bowl. You want Gator Bowl? Yeah. So the Tax Layer Bowl. Yeah, Tax Layer Bowl. Yeah, give me the Belt Bowl. Okay. Because everybody loves Charlotte in January. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's finally here, man. Tennessee football kicks off 3.30 right here on the Vault Network, 107.7 WIBK, 99.1 FM, or 9.90 AM WNML. Uh, what's uh, what, what's kind of your uh, – I know I know we got responsibilities and you got a show that morning, but what's kind of your, your your Friday night routine when you're, when you're getting yeah. ready for Tennessee football? Uh, well, last year it was leave the station and, and play, uh, play PlayStation, right? I would go no. Well, it depends what it depends what day it is. I, I know it's Friday. Excuse me, I misspoke. It depends if I'm on the television schedule, which I was on the television schedule. It seemed every Friday. So let's assume I'm doing that again this year. Do the show, find out what all needs to be done around my house. The dog. Make sure people are there who can watch Murphy. If I'm at the stadium for an extended period of time, by Friday I'm usually back at the station at a decent hour that afternoon. I'll do television. I might meet some friends out for dinner. We'll talk about Tennessee football. I wake up the next morning. You have game day all day, depending if it's home or road. I'll try to find a way to to work in a little bit of cardio, and then I go to the stadium. I try not to eat the free pizza they give us during the game and at the bottom. And then we do the press conference. We do the field video, and then we make the walk back to Fieldhouse Social or you walk to the garage. You won't be walking uh, this year. By the way, you're giving me a ride back to uh, probably my apartment because I'll be walking to an I, Uber. I won't. I won't make any promises there. And then Sundays are usually for the NFL show and then NFL Sundays. Um, look, I love spring, but I'm telling you right now, jeans, dress boots, and fall weather, dude. I'm a big vest guy. I yeah, love wearing yeah. vests under my dress shirt or uh, over my dress shirt. So, like, I'm a big, like, peacoat and vest guy. And uh, this is my kind of season right See, here. See, fall is my favorite season, followed by, believe it or not, probably winter. Um, spring, I just hate the rain. I know it started baseball. That's great. I hate the rain though. And then summer, I just, I mean, I like having a tan, but oh, I love cold. Like you don't understand. Like I, you, I could never be too cold, but I can always be too damn hot. Yes. So, uh, you know, August in Tennessee is two guys who grew up here. We kind of know what the humidity is. So I'll take, I'll take fall, winter over uh, spring, summer, anytime. At Tyler Robbins on Twitter at underscore Kaner. Hey, listen, listen to the show. If you're if you're on your commute going to work, uh, you know throughout the week, it's football season. We have a jam packed show. We worked really really hard. Tyler and Will done a fantastic job. But but our layouts, we're so busy. We have so much going on, and it just peaks 
during football season. It's a really good product. Check it out. 6 to 9 a.m. on The Sports Animal, Mondays yes, yes, through yes. Friday. All right, Tyler, we'll, uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow, but we'll uh, hit up the old podcast next week and talk about what better be a Tennessee win. Adios, compadre. Another Gentleman's Hour podcast is in the books with the starting lineups, Tyler Ivins and Eric Kane. Chat with the guys on Twitter, at Tyler Ivins and at underscore Kaner. It's the Gentleman's Hour podcast on The Sports Animal.